0: Hello, hello sunshine. I am super excited to be talking to you today all about launches. Feel like in my own experience and with all of the other entrepreneurs that I've spoken to over the past couple of years, there is very much a love or hate relationship when it comes to launching something. Uh leaning more towards the hate, especially for newer entrepreneurs. Really, that's because there's so much mindset, drama, and trauma, and lies, and really just some of the worst limiting beliefs you'll have when it comes to your business really pop up around launching. So I want to walk through some of the strategies, some of the mindset, and of course, because it's me quite a few different personal examples of launches that I've done over the past two years of business and I want to really hit hard on the fact that launching doesn't have to be this whole big circus with all of these moving parts to it. It can be and there is absolutely a time and a place for that but it also doesn't have to be each and every time, right? So the first thing is really what is a launch what constitutes launching something because oftentimes and how I thought of it when I started was that a launch was really only for like big products that even if you had you know let's say an offer suite of four different services you didn't need to have a giant launch for every single one You needed a launch for the big ones, your most expensive offers, your highest ticket, etc. But that is actually part of the negative mindset around launching, thinking that it has to be this big, long, elaborate thing. There is so, so much content out there and so many strategies being thrown about that say you need three months, three months to fully launch a product. Or you need, you know, two weeks for the pre-pre-launch. You need four weeks for the launch. You need one week between closing the cart and actually opening the the service, opening the program, opening the container, etc. And just thinking of those numbers, like just thinking, especially for solopreneurs who are full-time in their business, it is really boring. (laughs) It is really boring. To talk about the same thing for three straight months. Like, that's miserable. I don't know about you, but there is almost nothing in this world that I want to talk about exclusively for three months. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go out and say that there is not a single thing in this whole world that I want to exclusively talk about for three months. Yet, I've seen so many strategies or so many content pieces or blog articles or trainings being bandied around that say you need 12 weeks to get your launch in tip-top shape and it's stuff like that that really annoys me as a coach as a business coach there are very few things that have to be done a certain way right as long as as long as you're within the legal um, the tax all that kind of like specific framework you can do it however you want to do it. So it really just like rubs me raw when I hear all these other coaches telling people like, you have to have three months and you have to have a four-week open cart period and da da, da. Like no, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to have anything a certain way just because so-and-so told you and that person has a seven-figure business. Like no, first and foremost, if you don't take anything else away from this episode, I want you to take away the fact that Your launch gets to look like you want it to launch. Now, there are some specific things that you want to include in a launch, right? Like you actually want to share what the product or the offer is. You need people to fully understand what it is that you want them to buy from you. And you have to convey the transformation because (laughs) you're not selling if you're a service based entrepreneur. Even if you are a product-based creative or someone like that, you're still typically selling an emotion or a feeling or a lifestyle. So you need them to understand that. And you need to explain like how do you actually sign up and pay. Otherwise, how you share about it, how you market it, how long you market it for, that stuff is all up to you. It's your discretion as the CEO of your business, how you're going to launch something. So that's the first thing is you get to decide what your launch looks like and you get to decide what every single launch looks like. Just because you are offering multiple services or products doesn't mean that every single one is going to have the same launch, right? So looking at my current offer suite, I have three ways to work with me one-on-one. One One is a two-hour coaching call. One is a VIP day, which is a couple of hours and two weeks of Voxer support. And then one is a four to six month container, which is much more intimate, much more support goes into it. So it doesn't make sense if I were to launch a two-hour call with the same strategy as a six-month package, right? One is a couple hundred dollars, one is several thousand dollars. That's a pretty distinct difference, but even between, let's say, my lowest tier and my middle tier, my two-hour call and my VIP day, there's only a few hundred dollar difference in that they still have different launch strategies to it. And that may be right or wrong for different businesses, right? But again, not only do you get to decide what your launch strategy is, you get to decide what that is for every single offer you have. And I think that that's one of the things that for me personally took me a really long time in business to understand that I could decide and that I could change it. And that just because I didn't want to have a 12 week lead up or an e- e- honestly, even a four week lead up for me is very draining, doesn't mean that I'm not doing it the right way, doesn't mean that it's not gonna be successful. But it's really making sure that your launch strategy makes sense for the product, right? Going back to my, my three offerings, Going back to my offerings, if I am asking someone to pay almost $6,000 for my four-month container, that's a much heavier ask than a couple hundred dollars for a two-hour call. So the launch strategy for my bigger offer makes sense to have a little bit longer of a lead way, right? More time for people to understand the power behind it understand the transformation and why this is so essential to them whereas it's a it's an easier ask for a couple hundred dollars to be like hey hop on a two-hour call with me we're gonna solve all your issues that you get to decide your launch strategies and you get to change them up not only with each service or product that you offer but also over time so I have my three core offerings right I may decide, oh, it's the end of summer. Maybe I want to put in like a real small offer. Maybe I want to put in a, I don't know, a a PDF download. And that's going to be something that's just on my Instagram stories or on my TikTok. And here's a link and here you go. That is still considered a launch strategy, right? You're still getting across the point of what this thing is and why the person needs it and a way for them to pay you for it. It hits the mark. You can decide, change your mind, try things out. This is very much one of those things where an experimentation mindset really comes into play. Like I said at the beginning, there is so much mindset gunk. So many limiting beliefs, old stories, negative thoughts that hold us back. Because when you're launching something, all of those fears, all of that self-doubt, that self-worth fears, that lack of confidence, all of that really comes into play because not only are you putting yourself out there because you have a business, you are actively putting yourself out in the world (laughs) to be rejected when you are launching something. So it is an extremely vulnerable time for you in your business and keeping that experimentation mindset really is critical to one, being detached from the outcome, which I'll talk more about in a minute, and also about really just like keeping your sanity. At the end of the day, keeping your sanity because in addition to all the fears that are going to come up. If you do decide to have a much more elaborate multi-multi-step launch process, there's just a lot of stuff to do. Like there's just a lot of nitty-gritty stuff to do that you need to have your sanity. (laughs) You need to have fun with it because regardless of what your offer is, you're still building this business of yours to have a lifestyle, right? To have that freedom, to have that joy, to have that gratitude, to have that fill in the blank. So if your launch strategy is draining you, your launch strategy is making you like just, ugh, I hate this. This isn't fun anymore. It just drains all the energy, drains all the positive emotions out of it. That's the complete opposite point of what you're trying to do. So stop doing that. So I feel like that is a pretty pretty nice overview of the launch need. So first I wanna go. So now that we're all kind of in the the same ballpark of what we're talking about when it comes to launching, that you you get to decide all of that. I want to break down what a launch requires, what a launch actually must have, and then some of the different ways that you can launch something. Now, obviously this is not going to be an exhaustive list of all the ways that you can launch something, but these are ideas to get you started. So I already kind of mentioned this, but there are only two things that a launch must have. A launch must include communication on what it is you're selling and why it is Someone should purchase it. And the second thing is it must include how that person, the client or customer, actually gets it. So whether this is a physical product, whether this is a service, one-on-one, group program, mini-mind, mastermind, boxer coaching, whatever it is, the client or customer needs to know what it is why they need it, talk to that transformation I already mentioned, and then they need to know the logistics of how to pay you for it and get access to it. Those are really the only things required in a launch. (laughs) All the other stuff, the visibility, the marketing, how you're sharing about it, that's all dependent on what you want to get out of this. So some of the things to think about when you think about like how big or how small you want your launch to be, definitely the type of product that it is. So the type of product is going to include a couple of different things, right? So if we're looking at services, it's going to absolutely include the cost. It's going to look at the inclusions, the length of time of what it is, The start date if it's a specific program that has a defined start date. And it's also absolutely like everything else in your business. It has to do with the ideal client. So these are just the five main things to think about. Again, I'm sure that there are some nuances for your business that you want to take into consideration as well. When you are... Launching something that has a defined start date, that has a big impact on the length of time you want your launch to be, okay? The same with the cost, the inclusions, the length of time that it is, and also the ideal client. So I'm going to use my own offers as an example because I know them intimately and I don't have to come up with examples, so it's a lot easier to talk about it. So my longest offer right now is six months of one-on-one support. That retails for roughly $8,000 and is marketed towards those who are newer in their business. That doesn't mean new, but that means newer in their business, still lacking some confidence, still lacking that business foundations to have recurring, consistent revenue months. Because I know my ideal client, is most likely struggling with financial investments, struggling with self-worth, and struggling with their confidence and belief in themselves as a business owner, I know that $8,000 is a lot of money. That's a big ask for someone who's still doubting whether they can do the thing that they desperately want to do. Therefore, when I launched this six-month program the six-month one-on-one container it was really important that I gave lots of lead time that I gave lots of time talking about the transformation what their life gets to look like why this package is so supportive why this is the right package for them really talking in my ideal client's voice so that it felt very natural and it really helped them to see themselves on the other side, right? That's a lot of money. That's a long commitment. Six months together is a long time to work with anybody, let alone a business coach. So for that kind of package that is very high touch, that is very high value, that is very expensive for newer entrepreneurs... That's something that I absolutely wanted to put a lot of focus on. So for my launch for that one, that was a full blown. It got the works right. There is a full landing page, that is you got to scroll multiple times to get through the whole thing. This is it's not a short landing page. There is a a call for applications. It is prompting you not to click buy now. It's prompting you to have a conversation with me. That high touch point, right, starting right off the bat. Lots of talking about it in my content, lots of sharing on different platforms, whether it was Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook or Pinterest, emailing my subscribers about it. That was a, what I call for myself a full launch which meant I hit every single marketing point that I had access to at the time. Using my own platforms, other people's platforms, building my network, growing my visibility around it. I used everything I had at my disposal when I launched that product. And I gave it lots of lead time. That was definitely a longer launch. There was a lot of moving pieces in that. I will say in full transparency because that's how we roll here. It was not seamless. That is still something because that is a current offer. I, I adjust it and tweak it probably every couple of weeks. New content, new posts, making sure my market research is up to date, all of that kind of thing. That's also an evergreen for me, which is different. And I'll talk about evergreen Versus kind of one-time defined start dates in a minute. But that's a full launch, okay? Now let's pivot and talk about a smaller-scale launch. Still within this scope of cost, inclusions, length of time, start date, ideal client, etc. I have a two-hour coaching call. My two-hour coaching call can be used for strategy, mindset, embodiment, whatever, right? Whatever you want to talk about from a business perspective, that can be used for. It is $300 for two hours, you get the recording, and that's it, right? It's a pick-my-brain kind of deal. When I launched that and... Again, full transparency, that one has been through probably four or five different iterations in the past year and a half, because as I change, my product changes and evolves and grows and, change and all that kind of thing. But when I initially launched that two-hour call, there was no landing page. There is still no landing page. There is a blurb, which probably is uh, about maybe five or six sentences on my website and a button to book now that's all it is it's a blurb in a checkout form that then directs you towards my booking link it has you book it you don't have to talk to me until the time of our phone call right Absolutely shared content around it. Definitely share what that's used for. I have it on my Instagram highlights. I talk about it in some of my emails, but it's much less intense. You still, I still share about what it is and why people need it, how it's helpful to them, and I communicate how they get it. I share booking links with them. I will link it on my stories, on social media, things like that. But I don't, I did not at any point go through the effort of having a full landing page for it, of putting out ads against it, of trying different, you know, A or B testing, things like that. None of that happened because this is a much smaller offer. And my ideal client for this one doesn't need a full landing page. Even though my ideal client here is similar to that of my long six-month container, still targeted towards newer entrepreneurs who need some help with strategy or confidence, visibility, etc., it's targeted typically to one topic. When I talk about this on my social media, If I were to mention it specifically not as an example on my podcast or in an email, it's targeted towards a specific thing. So one great thing I, one great example I use is I often use this to help people nail down their niches in their coaching businesses. So I don't need to have, so my ideal client, my coach who doesn't really know what specifically they help someone with, but they know that they need to, they don't need a whole landing page explaining the pain points and the transformation and the testimonials and all this kind of stuff. They just need to know, hey, in this coaching call, you're going to walk away with X, Y, and Z. I'm going to help you nail down your niche. You're going to really feel confident and self-assured when you leave this call and be able to go out and help your exact client, right? So the ideal client is similar, but their needs and their desires are different, which means my launch gets to be different. My launch gets to be much, much more manageable from a tech perspective, fewer buttons to push, fewer forms to have to complete. A couple extra emails because that's how it flows, right? But it's very different than my much bigger offer. It's a smaller ask. It's only two hours and it's $300 versus six months and $8,000. Those are two examples that speak enough to the launch styles and how they differ, The next thing I want to talk about is whether you are launching an evergreen product, something that will stay open, or if you are launching something that has a defined open and close cart. So when I say open and close cart, that is essentially just when you're going to start selling this, when people can actually start inputting credit card information, and when they can't. So... An evergreen product is oftentimes a freebie. If you have a freebie, like a free PDF download or a free training or a free gift or whatever, that isn't evergreen. It's always available, right? These can also be paid offers. There can be evergreen courses that are always available on your website. You know, those DIY courses or those downloaded things that don't have a one-on-one component It can also be a one-on-one service. So my two-hour coaching calls are always available as long as I have availability in my calendar for them. So that is still an evergreen. Then on the other hand, you have some things that have a defined start and end date. These are most often group programs workshops, live workshop recordings, or live masterclasses will have a defined start and end date. So for a group program, for example, let's say a group program starts in January. Depending again on the cost, the inclusions, the length of time, start date, and ideal client, your launch for a January 2023 product may start in October. Depending on all of those things, it could also start in December, right? It's, again, you get to decide what your launch looks like. But the difference between evergreen and not evergreen is really the availability. Whether there is a defined start date that's not evergreen, or if there is not a defined start date and you can have access to it whenever you decide to buy. The start date is really the reason that the launch styles tend to differ between them. For evergreen products, it's, I don't want to say easier because I don't want to, (laughs) I want to present you with a non-biased opinion of things, but realistically, evergreen launches tend to be a little bit easier from an energetic perspective because you don't have to push, push, push all the time. And what I mean by that is if you are launching, let's say you are launching a group program in January and you want to spend eight weeks really get warming people up, getting them really interested in the content and the transformation and the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you want to primarily, not completely, but primarily Put your content, your marketing efforts, your visibility, all the conversations that you're having to that group program. There is a defined start date. Once January 19th hits, you're not letting new people into this. So you really have one go at it. For this round, whether you do it every January or not, for this upcoming January, you only get one chance to fill that program, to have whatever number of people in it that you want in it. So the bulk of your content is going to be around that program. So it can be pretty boring. (laughs) As as someone who's done that before, it can absolutely be boring um, and get a little monotonous, especially if you have multiple different things that you like to talk about. So again, trying to be as unbiased as possible, but also lend you that realistic, practical experience. Now, also from a tech perspective, when you have a defined start date, a not evergreen product, you have a specific amount of time to get everything done, right? Again, with that January program, you only have one shot to fill that. Once January 19th hits, you're not letting new people in. you are closed your cart, you start, all that kind of stuff. So all of your emails, all of your, if you decide to do Facebook ads, all of your Facebook ads, your landing pages, your marketing opportunities, your visibility events, your conversations, your da 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 da, da all of that has to happen between, let's say, October and December, for a January launch. That is a lot of work, especially if you're doing a full, full launch, right? With the landing pages and the email sequences. Maybe you do a master class in the middle of that to drum up more visibility around it, to drum out more attention and attraction to it. There's a lot of work that goes into that. Whereas if you are doing an evergreen launch, that people join your group program, join your mastermind, get access to your DIY course whenever they purchase it, you have a little bit more leeway. Now, even if you are running something evergreen, you will still have an initial launch, right? Like things don't just happen. You still launch it for the first time. So there's still that feeling of, Yes, I know this is going to be an evergreen that it's open all the time, but it feels like an an actual, but it feels like a regular launch because this is the first time doing it. But it does give you a little bit more leeway depending on your personality of more time to fine tune those landing pages, those master classes, those Facebook ads, that engagement, that visibility, etc. So The the initial launch of an evergreen product does not differ that much from a non-evergreen product, but the subsequent launches do. So with with an evergreen product that has been launched before, right, we're talking now truly about an evergreen launch of it, you don't have to focus exclusively on that product. Going back to my examples... I don't have full launches anymore for my two-hour coaching calls or my V. I don't have concerted launches to any of my offers right now because I have three evergreen offers. If there is time and space in my calendar, they are available. Therefore, I don't have to push quite so hard every day or every other day to talk about my VIP days, to talk about my two-hour coaching calls, to talk about my one-on-one coaching because they are open, because my content always talks about them, because I'm speaking to my ideal client. I can have call to actions of DM me this, book this call here. It's softer almost of an energy. It's A little less frantic, a little less, oh my gosh, you have to book this now because it it closes in a week and da, da 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 da, right? It's energetically less draining for me. Now, I will say that as unbiased as I am trying to be in this episode, it is important to understand that not only does everyone have a different launch strategy, everyone has a different launch energy. For me, Launching something brand new, even after several years in business, makes my heart race. Like, I I am, I am launching something new in a, in a couple of days. And I looked at my Canva yesterday. I just sat and stared at my Canva and struggled so hard to get the, the Instagram story slides right and my Facebook ads collateral, right? And just, man... It's been a little bit since I've done a full launch for something brand new. And it's a very different energy. Whereas to be able to organically talk about my offers as they come up in context of my other content is much more natural for me. Deciding to do a full, big, specific, defined launch for a workshop even if it's a workshop, right, it's a, it's a low-cost investment, it's a low-time investment workshop, which is leading to something bigger down the line, still has a different energy for me. So I'm telling you all of this as unbiasedly as possible, but I want you to know and keep in mind that your energy style may be radically different. That it may be really fun for you to do a full launch for every single product and to not run things evergreen and just churn new ideas out there and churn new full launches out there. That's great. If that's how your energy works, ride it. Go do those launches. Kick it out there. Do all the Facebook ads. Do all the email marketing. Do all the things. Just know that if you are working with someone who doesn't understand your energy style and is trying to get you, convince you, persuade you, etc., to use a very specific launch strategy, and it doesn't feel right to you, and it makes you like, it makes you like itch against the bars of that cage, stop trying to force yourself to do a launch strategy that doesn't feel good, okay. And that really segues into what I want to talk about next, which is the mindset and the limiting beliefs and self-sabotage that oftentimes comes with launching something. So I already mentioned at the beginning of this episode that when you are launching something, you're essentially putting yourself in an extremely vulnerable situation of being rejected. <laughs> you are putting yourself at the, the whims of your customers, If you let it be that. So what do I mean by that? If you are standing in your power, if you are self-assured and confident in what you have to offer, that whatever this new service or new product is, is going to change the world, is going to help your ideal client, and is going to really make their lives better in XYZ way. It doesn't matter what the outcome is of your launch. When you are standing in your power, when you are standing up tall and you fully believe, you know what, this new blah, blah, blah is amazing. It's going to change their lives. It's going to do X, Y, Z for them. They're going to have A, B, C. It doesn't matter if 15 people buy it or if zero people buy it because you are standing in that confidence, because you know that what happens from a financial perspective or number of clients that you got off of this perspective, etc., does not actually dictate whether it was a success or not. Whatever happens, however many people buy or don't buy, does not mean anything about your ability as a creator, as a coach, as a service provider, etc. That it doesn't have anything to indicate, doesn't have anything to do with your self-worth or you as a human being. And when you have that level of detachment, your launches get to be so much more fun Because it becomes about sharing the possibilities, sharing the transformation, and sharing the magic that's available. For a lot of people, and I'm going to say for a very long time, this included myself as well, and because I'm human, there are still some days where this absolutely comes into play. I don't want you to ever think, but especially now, that this is something that I'm like above you and talking about. Nope, I'm down in the trenches. I had this feeling yesterday trying to create freaking canvas slides. But when you're allowing your energy to be so attached to the outcome, when you are not standing in your power of being a confident, self-assured Person with faith in yourself, faith in the impossibility of failure, that's when your launches are draining because you're so attached to the outcome, you tie up your self-worth, you tie up your worth as a coach, as a creative, as a service provider to how many people buy, to how much money you make that it's no longer actually about the service or the product. It's about your quote unquote success. And when you are tying your success to externally validated metrics, not only is it going to drain your energy because every day you're going to be looking at your sales checkout page of how many people looked here, how many people clicked, why didn't they buy Okay, I got one sale. Why didn't I get five sales? Okay, I got two people to book a call with me. Why didn't I get six people to book a call with me? You're operating out of that lack and fear mindset, that lack and scarcity perspective. And also, you're giving your power away. You're not standing in that zone of confidence and self-assurance You're instead like sitting there in the fetal position, just like letting all of these different website clicks or ad clicks or email signups or registration forms mean more than you. Mean more than you showing up and sharing your wisdom and magic with the world. And sunshine, when you give your power away, you cannot stand up tall. When you give your power to things in particular, right, number of email signups, number of people on your subscriber list, number of people who clicked a freaking link, that is so hard to get back. It is possible and I will be doing a whole nother episode on power and how to draw that back and all that kind of thing. You can also... Go look on my Instagram page. I've got some really great content around that. But it's so hard to stay true. It's so hard to stay detached from the outcome because you've given these metrics or these thoughts the power over it. That which leads me to talk about some of the fears that are coming up and also some of the subtle ways that these are being portrayed in your life. For me personally, which I know is not uncommon, my fear of failure and my fear of rejection oftentimes portrayed themselves as overcompensating. What do I mean by that? If I were launching a workshop, right, a a one-hour workshop, I would have... Six or seven different written out scripts, written out bullet points, four or five different song choices available for each activity that I had, and everything would be timed out to the minute. And I want to talk about that last one for a second because I am, I, I pride myself on being respectful of time when it comes to meetings, workshops, phone calls, etc. That is a sticking point for me held over from my corporate days. That if I say I'm hosting a workshop at 11 o'clock, we are starting at 11 o'clock. It kills me when I pop on somebody else's training or workshop and they wait for five minutes for late joiners. If that is you, I am calling you out because You're trying to be respectful so that people can come and join, but you're actually disrespecting the people that were there on time and disrespecting their time as well. Loving call out, stop doing that shit. When I would time out my workshops to the minute, part of it was absolutely about being respectful of time and honoring that commitment that I made saying that it was a 60-minute class. But it was also a manifestation or a display of my fear of failure because if I went even 30 seconds long that meant that I did not uphold my commitment which then made me spiral into thinking that that meant that I wasn't a good coach that no one was going to book with me that I couldn't do this that I should never have left my job and the spiral goes on. So when you are launching something, and this really opens up into the broader sense of any time that you are hosting a workshop, whether it's the first time or the 15th time, whether you are getting together, um, whether you are going on some kind of visibility event, you know, being a guest on a podcast, doing a guest training in someone's Facebook group or mastermind or group, etc., There is is such a thing as over-preparing. Now, I will never say that if you are holding a podcast interview or something like that for the first time that you should wing it. It's possible. Probably not going to recommend it for most people. But if you are holding a conversation on a topic that is near and dear to your heart, that you've already talked about 1500 different times already, and you can talk about it in your sleep, you do not need to write out a five page summary of all of the talking points that you want to chat. That is a sign of fear. When you know the content code, where you can answer. the the question or do a training as if I'm asking you what color is the sky the sky is blue you don't need to have five pages of notes okay that is your fear coming up because if you over prepare then it typically in in the spiraling thoughts of chaos means that you can't fail that you won't be rejected That people won't think you are less than you are, right? For me, when I would over prepare for my workshops or when I would script out all the things and all the talking points that I wanted to have for an Instagram live or a podcast interview or things like that, it was because in my mind, sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously, It would be this idea of, okay, well, I have to have every single bullet point written down so that if someone asks me a question and I freeze, I can look at my notes and then I can still convey the idea that I'm an expert. But even if you freeze, like even if you're an expert, you're still a human. You can still take a moment. You can take a moment to think about it, to articulate your thoughts, to share the information with that person who asked you that question. And if it's still not coming to you, it is completely appropriate to say, you know what? Thank you so much for that question. The answer is just missing my mind right now. It's evading me. Let me take your information or send, you know, give it to the host, whatever. And I will respond and follow up with you in the next couple of days. That doesn't make you look less of an expert. That shows your level of dedication and commitment to your topic and to your customer or your client, which is that person asking the question. So, when you are launching something, again, this grows broader spectrum, not just launching a brand new product or service, but absolutely in that specific case of launching a brand new product or service, take a look, an objective, non judgmental look. But take a look at the ways that you are spending your time. And this, I'm not going to go super deep into this, but if you are spending 20 minutes trying to get one single Instagram story slide to work on Canva, Chrissy, you should probably take a break. Take a break, step back, and ask yourself, what am I struggling with here? Why do I keep changing the color of the backdrop 17 different times when I know what my brand color scheme is. Yes, that may have been what I did yesterday afternoon. (laughs) That's fear coming up, right? Me sitting there struggling with Canva yesterday. I probably spent an hour trying to get five story slides done. I had a template I've used it before. I knew exactly where I wanted what. But I probably went through like eight different colors of orange-yellow. Like eight different hex codes of yellow-orange. Only to realize, yeah, I should probably just use my regular light yellow gold. (laughs) Why would I change my branding? But that, which seems innocuous which seems like a a silly little detail those are the things i want you to take a look at when they come up for you because i took a look at that late last night and asked myself the question why did i struggle so much with canva today and it really came back to i am nervous about launching something new i 100% believe in what I'm launching in the next couple of days. I'm excited about it. It's going to be really impactful for the people who sign up. But it's still vulnerable, right? I've been doing this for two years. I'm extremely confident. I'm definitely self-assured in what I do for a living. But that doesn't make it a whole hell of a lot less scary. It doesn't remove all of the fear around it. Because when you're growing, when you're evolving, when you're stepping outside of your comfort zone, which by the way is the only way to change, which the only way to grow is when you step outside of your comfort zone, it gets a little shaky. It gets a little uncomfortable. That's inherent in stepping outside of your comfort zone. Take a look at those behaviors that you have and see what's the root of it. What's the belief causing you to have those self-sabotaging habits or behaviors? The fact that I allowed myself to waste one hour on Canva yesterday is a self-sabotaging behavior because instead of closing my computer and walking away, doing something else, whatever, I wasted an hour because I went back to that if I'm busy, I'm productive. If I'm moving, I'm productive. When in reality, after an hour of work, I still don't have completed Instagram story slides. (laughs) Like I talk about a waste of freaking time, man. The thing that I wanted to get done in 20 minutes still didn't get done in 60 minutes. So I hope that that example really kind of solidifies the type of behavior I want you to look for. And it can obviously look very different for you than it does for me. That's just one example. But look at your actions when you're launching something. Where are you spending a lot of time? Where are you avoiding spending any time? Because what you're avoiding is also typically rooted in fear. Unless you take a non-judgmental, objective view at it, those cycles, those limiting beliefs, those lying little bugger thoughts won't be interrupted and they will continue, which will drive you crazy, which will make your launch more difficult, way less fun, and just not as successful, right? Not as financially successful, not as energetically successful, not as whatever, however you define success. So I really encourage you to take a look at your mindset and your behaviors when it comes to launching something and identify where those old beliefs or that old self-sabotaging behavior is coming up and then change it. Decide to close your computer and step away decide to stop avoiding writing that email sequence and just get something out on paper knowing that you can change it and that whatever you write today doesn't have to be the final thing that customers see right when we going on that example for one minute talking about writer's block you just gotta write you just got it it can be complete and utter crap but if you are avoiding writing an email sequence or writing a sales email or something like that just put something out there even if you don't don't send it but even if it's one of those like oh my gosh i can't believe that i'm writing this email i hate doing this this isn't fun for me da da da, da. i'm wearing a purple sweater and green pants and there is a fly in my office and da 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 Stream of consciousness, right? Like just get it out on paper, get it out on your email newsletter, whatever it is, and then go back and edit it and then go back and delete it and do a new one or edit it out or whatever you got to do. But change the self-sabotaging behavior into something that is empowering, into something that is actually needle moving and changing your business for the better, Same thing with the negative thoughts or the limiting beliefs that you have. You identify them and then you decide to change them. If you have this fear of going out and talking about your offer because you are afraid that people are going to reject you and not buy it, that's going to make you not go out and talk about your offer. But the only way to prove that negative limiting belief false is to go out and talk about your offer, right? Right. So you have to make the decision and then you have to take action on that decision. We can't just decide to have a new belief. We also then have to actually act upon it. So I'm going to leave you with that today. We went over... The two requirements of a launch, which is to communicate the what and the why of the product or service, and to communicate how your client buys it and gets access to it. Everything else in a launch is up to your discretion, and it is changeable. It is changeable for the next time that you launch that product. It is changeable during this current launch of this product. If you decide midway through that you want to start doing Facebook ads, stop doing Facebook ads, start promoting it on a different website, start promoting it on a different avenue. You can absolutely change all of that. There's also, I know I said I was going <laughs> to, was going to end it there, but I also want to talk about But I also want to quickly touch on the fact that not only does your launch strategy get to change with each iteration of that launch, but also within that launch itself, you also get to decide that you're not launching something. Yeah. You can do all of this work. You can build this incredible service, this incredible new product. And get everything up and running, start talking about it, share the landing page, share the booking link, all of this kind of stuff. But if it doesn't align with where you're going anymore, if it doesn't resonate with who you are or what you want to talk about and your energy isn't fully behind it anymore, stop launching. I know how scary that sounds. I I fully personally know how scary that sounds. But it's worse if you continue to launch a project, launch a product, launch an offer, and then people sign up for it, but you don't actually want to host that group program. You don't actually want to have that call that talks about nailing down your niche or talking about your marketing plan. But you still have to do it because now someone bought it. Not only are you drained because you're not interested in this anymore, you're not behind this anymore, but it actually is going to hurt your reputation because that person who signed up for it is 100% on board. They're excited, they're looking forward to it, and they're going to be able to tell that your energy's not behind it. So, not only do you not want to do it, they're not then going to want to continue to work with you because they can tell that your energy is off, that you're not 100% behind this anymore. So when you're thinking, if you're ever in that position where you've done all the work, you've already started talking about your offer, you you know, in the middle of the launch, etc. And you're thinking, well, I don't really want to do this anymore. I've pivoted in my business. I've changed things up in my business. This, that, or the other thing has happened. But I guess I'm too far in to change my mind. I'm just going to suck it up and deal with it. Really, really think about that decision. Make sure that you're not attaching to the external validation of having a certain income month or having a certain number of clients. And that you're not subscribing to old beliefs that you can't quit, quote unquote, that you have to see it through. Because those beliefs, those ideas that you have to see a project through, that because you put all of this work into it, you can't abandon it now, those are lies. You can absolutely stop promoting something even if you literally started promoting it 2 days ago if it no longer is in alignment with where you're going if your energy is no longer behind it that's okay that is in fact power like when you when you have the confidence To say, hey guys, this thing that I talked about yesterday actually no longer feels good. Something changed in my business. Something changed in myself. I had this realization. Da, 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 da. I'm no longer offering that. That is true leadership. That is true power because you're not subscribing to those old beliefs that you can't quit. Which, screw that. And you're not subscribing to this idea that people are going to think that you aren't credible, right? Fill in the blank with whatever limiting belief is coming up for you. But when you can really stand in your power and say, hey, I'm not going to continue this launch because it doesn't feel good, because it doesn't resonate, because it doesn't match up with where I'm going, that is leadership. That is stepping into the role of CEO of your life and CEO of your business. That is not weakness. That is not quitting. That is not anything other than true freaking power. But you have to decide and you have to act on it. So we talked about a lot today. (laughs) As always, jam-packed episode Talked about what the different strategies for launching can look like. Talked about some of the mindset stuff that comes up when we launch something in our businesses. And really, really remember if you take one thing away from this, you get to decide what your launches look like. Don't do something just because someone else told you to or someone else made a ton of money off of it. Absolutely try it out. Try it out. See if it feels good. See if it makes sense for your business and your customers. Go for it. But don't do it solely because so and so is telling you that they made $50,000 off of it or such and such amount was, you know, whatever it is. Stay in your power, stay true to yourself. True to the plan and the vision you have for your business and true to your ideal clients. When all of that is aligned, when all of that is working together, it's pure power and it's pure magnetism. But when you're trying to force yourself to do something a specific way because Joe Schmo or Jane Smith told you to, your clients are going to be able to tell You're going to be uncomfortable and energetically drained, and it's just not going to be fun. It's not going to be good for anybody involved. So if you have any questions about this, as always, feel free to DM me on Instagram. Send me a note through my website. Let's chat about this because this uh, oftentimes is a very controversial topic. And as always, I hope that you had lots of takeaways from today and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Alrighty, so there we have it for this week's episode of the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. It has been my pleasure being here with you today. If you've got any questions of any sort, go ahead and find me on Instagram at Chrissy Mellinger or submit a form through my website, ChrissyMellinger.com, and I will get back to you personally. Otherwise, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it, be sure to subscribe, follow, and submit a review so I can make sure that the good stuff keeps on coming. Can't wait to be back with you next week. Enjoy your day.